Welcome to the Practice Purchased Podcast, where you'll learn everything you need to know to buy the perfect dental practice, all for free, and all in less than 20 minutes an episode. Learn more about your host, author, presenter, and coach to hundreds of successful dental practice buyers by visiting brianhanks.com. Welcome to Practice Purchased. The goal of this podcast is to teach you everything about the process of buying a dental practice in a reasonable amount of time. No fluff, no advertisements, no guests selling other services. My goal is to get you from no knowledge to feeling comfortable with understanding the basics of the process in 20 episodes, each 20 minutes or less. Now, I love podcasts. I especially love the dental podcasts, but it seems like the format is always the same. Each episode's about an hour. They're all guest supported. And sometimes those guests are focused. Sometimes they're not as pithy. So I wanted to create at least in season one of this podcast, a concise overview of the entire practice purchase podcast. And I read the average commute in America is 22 minutes. So my goal was to keep each episode to less than the average commute so that in 10 working days, a dentist could understand the entire process of buying a practice. Yeah, as season one goes well, I plan to showcase some examples of clients who have lived and experienced various aspects of the purchasing process so you can hear real life examples. So spread the word. I'd love it if you told others about the podcast. A quick word about me as we jump into season one, episode one. Uh, I'm a dental accountant. I am focused on transitions. So I work solely with buyers and solely with dentists. In my past life, I've worked at two dental CPA firms doing taxes and financial planning. Transitions work mainly for younger dentists looking to buy practices. And I answered enough questions throughout that process that I turned that knowledge into a book which has allowed me to turn this into a career. And um, so I've worked with hundreds of buyers in the last decade or so, and I love helping others with one of the biggest decisions they'll ever make in their life, whether or not to buy a practice and which one to buy. So our first episode covers the five things you need to have to buy a dental practice. These are the non-negotiables of getting to the starting line. If you have these five things, you're ready to go. Season one, episode one, I'll start with the most difficult item first, cash. So yeah, you're going to need some cash to buy a dental practice. The cash needs to be sitting in a liquid account that can be accessed with no penalties. Checking accounts, savings accounts, taxable brokerage accounts tend to be the three most common uh, areas where the cash sits. Hey, listen, if you've saved some cash in a retirement account like a 401k or an IRA, you get some points, but they don't necessarily count for the type of cash you're going to need to show a bank. The amount that you need to have saved will vary based on the practice that you're going to buy, but a good rule of thumb is to have the lesser of 10% of the purchase price of a practice or $50,000. I'll say it again, the lesser of 10% of the purchase price or $50,000. So if your goal is to buy a practice that costs an even million dollars, 10% of the purchase price obviously would be $100,000. You don't need to save the whole six figures in cash in order to get the the cash needed. $50,000 will be a reasonable approximation. The reason you need the cash is you'll need to, you, you don't need to hand it over to the bank in a purchase. It's not a down payment. You do need to show the bank two things. Um, the first is that you are a responsible dentist that, Presumably, having worked for a year to three to five years after dental school, you've made some money and you didn't spend it all. (laughs) That's a decent proxy a bank will use to know 
how you're going to be as a business owner with cash in your checking account. The second reason the bank wants to see that cash is they want to know that if an emergency happened in the practice, there is an emergency fund that you could fall back on. In most cases, in most practice purchases, the bank will lend you 100% of the purchase price plus an additional amount for working capital, usually in increments of $25,000, $25,000, So on nothing more than your degree on the wall, the bank will hand you more than the price of your practice. Uh, but in order to do that, you need to have some cash. And um, so start saving that cash as soon as you're able to. The second thing you're going to need is production history. And the, you're, you need to be able to show that you can produce an amount close to what the seller has been producing. Okay. If you don't need 100% of what the seller can do. The seller is someone who's retiring. They're in the twilight of their career. Their hand speed is as fast as it's ever going to be. You need to be close-ish to that number. And a good rule of thumb is 70 to 80% of what the seller is able to do. If the seller by themselves can do a you know, million dollars in their own production, you need to show that you can do about $800,000, $700,000 in production, not including the hygiene, of course. It would be, it'd be unreasonable ex to expect you to be as fast as the seller, but you got to be in the ballpark. And you need to be able to show that production history on a sheet of paper. It can be done while they'll back into your production history from things like... Um, uh, pay stubs and the like, but the best thing you can have is a printout of your production history from the practice you're working in right now. The third thing you're going to need is you're going to need a credit score of at least 680. That's 680. Okay. Banks will, of course, pull your FICO credit score when they give you a practice loan. And this is a do not pass go number. For most banks, 680 is is just a threshold to get over. Uh, in most cases, no points are awarded, no better deals are given if you have a 750, a 770, an 800 plus score. Usually it's red light, green light. Does the buyer have 680 or more? If the answer is yes, you're on to the next step of the process. If the answer is no, you're looking at a lot more limited options in terms of borrowing for the practice. Speaking of borrowing for the practice, one thing I do want to mention before I give you numbers four and five of the process is a course that I've created. As you go through these 20 episodes, you're going to get the high level um, details on everything you need to know about purchasing a practice. But I go into a lot more detail with examples and um, actual uh, sheets on the page that you can watch as I help dentists find practices analyze the practice, get bank loans. And if you want to go check that out, uh, you can go straight to practicepurchaseblueprint.com. That's practicepurchaseblueprint.com. I would love it if you checked it out. Now, on to number four. Okay, so we talked about cash, production history. You need to have a credit score over 680. Similar to that credit score is number four, you need to have a clean credit history. And what that means in plain English is you can't have any bankruptcies or short sales in your credit history. Um, it can be done that uh, someone with a credit blemish in their past can get a bank loan to buy a practice. It is much more difficult. The terms tend to be a lot worse. And there is um, 
a high likelihood that the brokers and sellers that are interested in you as a buyer would be scared off by the probability that you're going to be a tougher buyer to get a loan. So we've got cash, we've got production history, credit score over 680, no credit blemishes. What is the fifth thing that you need? The fifth thing that you need is perhaps the most controversial of these five, uh, but it's one that I feel pretty strongly about. And that is number five, you need about a year's worth of experience. Could you buy a dental practice straight out of dental school? The technical answer is yes. And I have helped some buyers do that. In my opinion, you're going to be a much stronger buyer, a much more knowledgeable buyer, and you'll have a much better sense of what it is you want to purchase if you work for at least a year after dental school. For the less patient out there, there are exceptions to this rule, but I want to make the case that you're going to learn a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot in the first 12 months as you uh, practice, actually practice dentistry. Yes, this means that you're going to be working for someone else for at least 12 months after you get you graduate or finish residency. Uh, but in most cases, uh, the, the time invested in that year is going to help your hand speed. It's going to help your clinical skills. It's going to help your relationships to find those good practices. And it's going to give you a sense of things that you thought you liked about practicing dentistry that perhaps now that you've been practicing a little while, you realize maybe aren't your favorite or things that you thought you absolutely loathed, now you find you love them. Um, there is a lot to practice ownership, including managing employees and marketing. Anything and everything to do with running a business is added to the work that you're gonna do in people's mouths. I highly, highly recommend a year's worth of experience. And by the way, the bankers, the brokers I talk to, they concur. A year's worth of experience is for most banks, a do not pass go option. So that's it. The five things you need to buy a dental practice are some cash, 10% or 50 grand, the lesser of. You need a credit score of 680. You need a production history around the 70 to 80% of what a seller was doing. You need a clean credit history and about a year's worth of experience. Look forward to seeing you on episode two. We'll get to it. Thanks for listening to the Practice Purchased Podcast. For more information about Brian's best-selling book, How to Buy a Dental Practice, or about the Practice Purchase Blueprint course, visit brianhanks.com.